other better. Everybody have a good holidays and all. Christmas, New Year's, action, satisfaction. They say that there are uh, two different types of people in this world. There are those that they see things as glasses half empty, and those glasses half full. I am a glasses half empty type of guy. I'm proud of it. Does anyone else glasses have empty? There you go. My math, math, math. Yeah. Um, you need both types in your life, I think, to balance you out. You know, um, you need those people that are glasses half full to pat you on the back and tell you everything's going to be okay, whether it is or it isn't. You know, you need those people. Um, then you need people, you know, just to be objective with you, just tell you straight up what's what's shaking. Anyone see that game? Uh, who's a football fan? Ravens Steelers game a few weeks. I mean, I remember what it was. But I'll explain for you for those who uh, aren't into football. There's a quarterback named Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben Roethlisberger, in the beginning of the game, he got hit hard. He got hit hard. And his nose was all kinds of jacked up. I mean, jacked up. And they showed pictures. The camera going to him, and he was talking to the coach, and blood was just pouring out of his nose. And I don't mean like drips. I mean, like, oh, just, just a spray, spray of blood. People were slipping in the blood, and it was, it was crazy. And uh, but the meds came out and said, send him back out that he's fine. Apparently, his nose is not broken. Apparently, he's he's always looked like that. There's always been blood pouring out of his nose. His nose has always been on the side of his face. Everything's fine. Um, you know, those are the glass half full people. You need them to get you going sometimes. You know. You know, if it was me as a medic, I would have been out there, you know, with like a mirror showing them, look, Ben, I don't know if you know this, but your, your nose is on your cheekbone. It's not supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? It's swollen. It's all swollen up. You know, you're not going on that date tonight. So you need both types. Um, and I say this because over the holidays, I was trying to think of, of uh, sorry, I'm just moving stuff around. I just, I have to do something while I'm moving, while I'm talking. I just I can't help it. Uh, well, over the holidays, I was trying to think about why I don't like the holidays. Kind of like Sean and I had talked about this in the house community. And uh, I don't like it because I, I feel like I'm getting dragged down. I feel like weights, as if like there's something sinking me to the ground around holiday season. And it's like, it's before Christmas time. It's, it starts back in like fall, you know, where like, uh, not like pretty fall, not like where the leaves are changing colors smell of pumpkin pies in the air, and the football season's just getting started. Not that far. I'm talking about when the leaves have fallen on the ground and withered away. It's a cold chill in the air. You walk out, and it just makes you cry. You know, I'm talking about that far. I'm talking about when the grass is dying, plants are dying, bugs are dying. There's, like, great, this graveyard of ladybugs around, all around my house doing fall stuff. You know, and then Thanksgiving comes along, and, which the food is good. But, you know, with my family, we can't handle the food. We, uh, we're used to breakfast, lunch, dinner. We can't handle 24 hours of food the entire time. We can't handle it. So at the end of Thanksgiving, we always end the same way with, uh, you know, laying on the ground, holding our stomachs, crying out to the Lord for mercy. And that's not how every Thanksgiving ends. You know, we take a long drive home with our stomachs hurting. We don't even get to the bed. We just pass out by the bed. And we 
you wake up two days later. And then Christmas rushes here, and you know, everything becomes about money. You know what I'm saying? You got to budget in for kids and vacation, and you got to pick out the right gifts for people, pick out the right cards for people, even people you don't like. You know, we all have some of those people, we try to be polite, but you know, the relationship that you have with them isn't necessarily the relationship that the card is talking about. You know what I'm saying? So you got to find the right card for that. That's more pressure. <laughs> and then, Sean's shaking his head. <laughs> and then, you know, all that happens, and, you know, no matter how good your family is, there's always that other family that you, you wish your family was more like. You wish they did more things like that family. So, you know, you're hearing about what their family is doing, and you look at your family, and you hear about more things, awesome things that they're doing. And you look at your family, and you're like, what is wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? So Christmas ends, New Year's is here, and you start reflecting on, it's very reflective time, you start reflecting on all the resolutions that you didn't accomplish. You know, you wanted to stop smoking, and now you're excessively drinking too. You wanted to lose 20 pounds, you gained 60. You know, and things are just not looking good, you know? And you start reflecting on your whole life, you know, what, what have I done? What have I done with my life? How did I get to this point? I wanted to be there, and I'm here. What's going on? God, what is happening? Why? And that's my holiday season. Depressing, isn't it? <laughs> Again, maybe that's because I'm glasses half empty type of guy, maybe. But whether you agree with me on that or not, you have to admit that in the world in general, there's just these types of weights that just kind of seem like these standards seem that we have to live by. And we know that we're not going to be able to live by them. We try to live by them anyway. And we fall apart and we end up feeling bad. We have been start condemning ourselves over these uh, these standards that we can never meet up to, whether it's tradition or money or whatever it may be. Even though we know the truth, we know the gospel, we know that in Christ we're free from these things, but still we give in to this sinking feeling anyway. You know? And, um, you know, church doesn't always help. Help sometimes. But sometimes we add more problems than we solve by us. There's a, there's a play. I won't give the title of the play. It plays around Christmas and I think Easter mainly where uh, they give these scenarios into play, this person, and they have to choose all the right scenarios and choose God and they get to go to this nice lit up place illuminated with you know rainbows and such in that room. And if they don't, they get hauled away to this dark place of screaming and torment. And um, I saw this play when I was a Christian. I saw this play. And there was one scenario that, that stuck out to me this guy was, I don't remember what happened to his wife, but he had three kids, and um, he, was, he lied to get his job, and he had a nice job, nice cozy job, and like he had somebody, some tractor, someone came by to give him an opportunity to receive Christ, and he turned it down, and all of a sudden, the lights got dark, and there was this thunder, lightning, and this dark figure like rose up in the middle, and it was like, cast him into the lake of fire, <laughs> and out of nowhere, he had a heart attack. And imps jumped out of nowhere and just, like, dragged him. And he was, like, kicking and screaming, clawing away from his kids. And then the lights came on, the pastor came out and wanted to pray. <laughs> I was horrified. I started questioning my own salvation at that point, you know. So not only do we have these weights of the world dragging us down, but these sometimes these religious weights as well. We, um, and not just church to unbeliever, but... Church to church, you know, if you don't worship like we worship, something's wrong with you. 
If you don't have a pastor that preaches like our pastor preaches, something's wrong with you. If you don't evangelize like we evangelize, something's wrong with you. If you're too traditional, something's wrong with you. Not traditional enough, something's wrong with you. Church to church, this division. Even though we know the truth, we know the gospel. But knowing it sometimes and living it, two different things. Um, in 2 Peter 1, 12 and 13, you don't have to go there. Peter, uh, if you want to later on, 2 Peter 1, 12 and 13, say it again. So you open your Bible, it's good. Um, Peter's, uh, he's telling the church there that he's telling the Christians things that they already know. But he says, he's just giving them things that they already know so that they won't be unproductive in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But then he goes and he says, I know you know these things, but I feel that I should refresh you with these things. I'm going to refresh your memory. It's right. And I'm going to continue to refresh you in these things as long as I'm in the body. Because we need to hear it. I was listening to the song, Relentless Love. I was blind and now I see. Now I'm in chains and I'm free. You know, are we living our lives like we see? Like we're free. So, today I'm just going to really go over the simple gospel that's in uh, John 3, 16 to 21. And uh, so that we get some uh, revelation on uh, just not not giving in to these, these weights that we feel in the world today. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, just the truth of your word. We thank you, God, for the grace that's in you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, that you put up with us, even though sometimes we, we act in foolish. God, and I pray, Lord, that you open up our eyes this morning to a, just more revelation, God, on, on how free we really are, God. Not only what we are saved from, but what we are saved to. And that we may live that every day of our lives, Lord, that, that it will glorify you, Lord. I praise you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. John 3.16. I'm going to start in 9. I'm going to start in 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It is never God's will that we live in condemnation. And that seems like an elementary statement. But again, knowing and living. You know, I know, uh, I'll give you a scenario. All right, there's a, let's say you're at a church, someone starts talking about your head. I was really huge or something like that. Somebody's got a big head, look like a watermelon. And um, you get offended. You know that just, maybe they're joking around, but you get offended. Um, you leave the church, you're tired of a church, tired of Christians like that. You know, you uh, get divorced from your spouse because you just, every time they laugh, you think that they're talking, that they're thinking about your big head that looks like a watermelon. <laughs> so you get divorced, you think the same thing about your office at work. So you leave your job, you, uh, you want to find a place where big-headed people are accepted. So you run off to the, the Australia, be a missionary, and start a church, and preach messages against calling people big-headed people. And as silly as that sounds, I can name you two churches off the top of my head that have been built in a fence. You know, they got mistreated at a church, and then... Uh, they started to condemn themselves and sell themselves the way that those people saw them. And out of that hurt, if you were this whole, uh, what they call the will of God. You know, the God was moving them in this direction, they got offended, they're going in this direction, calling this Jesus. It's never God's will that we be condemned. It doesn't matter what anyone says. There's actually a, a message of condemnation that's a, uh, you read Ephesians 6, 
12, talks about our battle is not with flesh and blood, um, but against spiritual wickedness. And there's just this, uh, you know, you go online, you listen to a song, read a book, billboard. This message of condemnation is everywhere. This message of you have to live up to these standards, and if you can't, something's wrong with you, is everywhere. Unfortunately, again, you can find it in church. It can give you unnecessary pressure on you. You know, that's, that's just built on religion and not the spirit of God. And can lead you astray. So what are some other, uh, talk about money and tradition. What are some other uh, standards in this world that you think that uh, sometimes we feel pressure to live by? And, uh, Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, that's a good one. Education. Education. Watch that. Beauty, there's a lot of shows out there about beauty. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Verse 18. Whoever believes in God is not condemned. Say it again. Whoever believes in God is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Sometimes we just need to get rid of our stinking thinking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ever talk to somebody and uh, like every word that's coming out of their mouth, it's just not God. I'm not talking about F-bombs. I'm talking about the, the, the words that they're saying are, are against the gospel, against following Christ, against the word of God. They're not believing the way a child of God should believe. They're speaking words that are condemning themselves already. They're speaking words that are slandering other people. They may be speaking words, just simple unbelief in God's word. And the Christ in you just kind of Steps back and says, like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? It's if, it's as if, like, uh, as I said, these weights are sinking us down. We're in this, this quicksand, darkness, you know, of unbelief. And Jesus is right there with his hand out, wanting to pull us up. And all he's asking that we do is that we believe. Jesus said, the, the Father's will is this, that we believe, in, you believe in the one that he sent. You believe in, in Christ's word. I'm talking more about being, not just about being heaven-bound. You know, Jesus pulling you up, and that's good. But I'm talking about every day we're living up the gospel. Every day you're following Jesus' leader. And it's hard. We talked about the message of condemnation. It's out there, and it's going to be in your face every single day, and it's never going to stop. So you have to be ready with the Word of God. You have to be on point. Verse 19 and 20. This verdict, this is the verdict then. Light has come into the the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. We love darkness. We love darkness. You know it's true. When I was a, uh, I used to be a youth leader back in the day. You're laughing at me. Used to be a youth leader back in the day, um, and um, we had a big youth group, and uh, we only lit up like the first few pews. I don't know why we did that with everyone we had around us, but only the first few pews had light, and then the further you go back, there's just darkness. And we had certain teenagers who would come in and go immediately into the darkness. 
Now, me being the glasses half empty type of guy I am, I was like, those kids are up to no good. <laughs> so I was always the one just walking around in the back, in the darkness, watching, <laughs> waiting for them to mess up. I knew it was going to happen. Y'all stop talking. What are you looking at? You should be looking at the pastor. Why are you looking at me? Get off that cell phone. Because they love the darkness. They figure if they can get in the darkness, no one can see them. They can do whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter. Even in church. Another time we were on, um, going on the youth retreats. And you know that, uh, you know, if you get teenage boys and girls in a, in, a, in a small space, unsupervised, the raging hormones. You know, again, maybe glass half empty. You know, it's not going to lead to anything good. So we had the girls over in this camp, around you know, getting close to bedtime. And the boys would be over in this camp, and get close to, to bedtime. And they had this one strip, this dividing line. And guess who was on that dividing line? Dad going right. I was on that dividing line <laughs> with a stool, just waiting. Because I knew they were going to try something. Sometimes I see you, like, see something moving. I'm like, hey, what you doing? And I'd be running out there. <laughs> what are you running up? But see, also on the strip, there was a bathroom. So sometimes I overreacted and just, they would just, you know, lay there and cry. I mean, a lot of kids cry that time. But the point is, we love darkness. And we still do it today, even as adults, you know, uh, tax season getting close, people trying to cheat on the taxes. I, I know a lot of people get in some trouble with the IRS because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, we got people uh, people still lying, cheating, stealing. One person, uh, I know a person that uh, they lie on the resume, they put all these softwares on there that don't exist so that they, they will appear, you know, more studious than they actually are. It hasn't worked for him yet. He hasn't gotten the job. <laughs> Maybe they're smarter than uh, he thinks they are. Wandering eyes, we still, you know, lustfulness. But I'm not even talking about sins like that. Like, I'm not even looking at sin as a list of things not to do. But looking at sin as just erring from the plan of God from our lives. Sometimes we love the darkness of just unbelief so that we can make excuses to not move forward with God. We're afraid. And out of our fear, we'll make up all these reasons why I can't serve God, why I can't do these things like they do. So we want to stay where it's comfortable. And that's not God's plan. He wants us to have take on His righteousness and trust in Him and, and so we can move with Him, not stay in condemnation and unbelief. Verse 21. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. And that key there is uh, lives by the truth. Not just knowing of the truth. You know what I'm saying? For every day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live by it. I wish I had, uh, I should have got that board up. Um, but y'all, y'all can imagine. All right, it's like this. Uh, over here you got the darkness and the quicksand we we're talking about of unbelief, and um, over here you have the the light and uh, the light and the truth walking with God. 
And this dividing line is the blood of Jesus. All right? And, you know, of course, we were dead in our sins. Jesus died on the cross, cleansed, washed clean. You know, God's spirit, resurrected spirit, lives on the inside of us. We're free. We're filled with God. We can move forward with him. He pulls up, up, us out, out of the quicksand. You know, we're marching along with him in, in this, this life of life and uh, truth. He's the way. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus is marching, and we're behind him, you know, and we're doing things we got. You know what I'm saying? We're doing whatever he wants us to be doing with our lives. And we're just marching. And every now and then, Jesus may turn back, and you ain't with him anymore. You know what I'm saying? You know what happened? We ran right back in there, quick stand, and we jumped back in. I don't know why we did that. But we do it. Sit there and sink in unbelief. Condemnation again. And even sometimes while we're there, we're preaching Jesus while we're sinking in the, in the quicksand. That's the craziest thing. Because they're in the quicksand too, the sinking failing. You know, they, they, they know sinking. They may not always be able to perceive what they see in the, the realm of light. They may not always be able to call that God or whatnot. But they know sinking when they see it. How, are they, how is your witness going to be fruitful if we're stuck in the same quicksand that they're in of unbelief? It can't be. And then you have the more enlightened individuals. You know, the ones who can quote your scripture, Hebrew and Greek, forwards and backwards. That they may have one foot on light, just enough to look good. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep up appearances. You know, you don't want people to talk about you. So you got to big head look like a watermelon. You know what I'm saying? So you got to keep one foot up here in the light and one foot in unbelief. Areas of our lives and don't really want God to, to touch us in because, again, we like being comfortable. And serving God is not comfortable, you know? I don't know if you know that, but I mean, Jesus asks a lot of us, a lot out of us. You know, he, uh, where's that one scripture where uh, there was a person who wanted to follow Jesus and uh, they had to bury their father or whatnot. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You know, you got to follow the kingdom of God, you know? And Jesus, what did he say? He said that if anyone wants to come after me, must deny themselves, take up my cross, the cross daily and follow him. Daily. So you have people who are one foot in light, one foot sinking sand. And see, so you, you walk is more like, kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? You can't really move like you want to move. You just kind of. And still preaching that Jesus is the way, mind you. With that walk. And unbelievers know that. They see you walking all crazy. They're like, you know, I don't know if I want any part of that. You know, I know that I'm sinking. At least I'm dignified over here. I don't know what you got going on over there. Which crazy, unbalanced walk. Light and darkness. I was thinking about this over the holidays. And uh, I'm close. But um, I have a lot of family that's doesn't know Jesus in the mouth. I was thinking about my own walk. Another thing about the holidays is that I get get unfocused. You know, there's all these distractions around the holidays. And I get unfocused in my devotion to the Lord. And uh, you know, I just I check myself every now and then and see if if I'm really uh am I living by the truth? Am I living by the Spirit of God? Or am I just am I just playing around, you know? I'm a person, I'm, 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 in, I'm all in or all, I'm all out, you know, I, let's go to Colossians 2, 
Turn with me. We're going off script. Just because I can. Colossians 2. We'll go uh, verse 6 through, uh, through 9. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you are complete in Christ. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. I go back to that uh, song that uh, I was talking about in the beginning. I'm blind now, I see. And his chains are off this, and we're free now. And uh, I just, I just wonder sometimes if. I almost wish that I lived in more hostile times. I want my faith to be challenged. You know, we should want our faith to be challenged. It's what keeps us strong. It keeps us hungry, you know? Um, I was in the bookstore the other day, and I was uh, in the religion section looking at uh, these books that were anti-Christ. Um, not anti-Christ and, like, you know, witchcraft and whatnot, not casting spells and stuff like that. I'm talking about anti-Christ as in anti-Christianity and whatnot. And, um... Part of me was like, at first, kind of offended. Like, how could they write books like this? You know, don't they know that Jesus is the only way? What's wrong with them? Nonsense. Throw the books down on the ground and run out. But then I stopped and I was like, you know, there's, there's another perspective other than just, just mine. I'm not talking about another belief. Like, you phrased my words. Yeah. I think that sometimes if we get so wrapped up in, in our own perceptive our own perception that uh, we're not we're not really listening to other people's beliefs, and if we're not listening to what they're saying, it's going to be hard to reach them with the gospel. It's going to be hard to touch their lives. You know, Jesus was a uh, he crossed boundaries of uh, of race and, and the, the ways of the culture because he knew he had the truth. He, he knew he was the truth. He didn't just sit back and um, just point the fingers that you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. I'm going back to sleep, and then wake up the next morning and point. You know, he got involved in people's lives. He got involved with how they did things, how, how the way the, the social structure was. You got involved. So um, I just challenge you this morning as a, you may need to get alone with just in a room with just you and your Bible. You may need to duke out with some, uh, some areas of belief. You know, if there's some areas that you're feeling this weight of condemnation, you may need to, to press in a little bit more. You see these people with the with the huge muscles, you know what I'm saying? Watch, uh, like Sean right there, <laughs> flexing. Um, you know they they get that way because they work at it. You know what I'm saying? There's this thing called a gym. I don't know if you're aware of it, but that's how they get that way. There's discipline involved, and I feel sometimes as Christians, you know, we just kind of gain our one perception of how we view Christ, and then we just stop, and we don't really work at anything. We don't. We're not disciplined in the Word of God. We're not trained in it. So when we're hearing this message of condemnation, when we go online or hear a song that's, we don't even realize we're receiving this message that's, that's hindering our faith. We just accept it. 
because we're not trained in the Word of God. We're not trained in the truth. Some of us may need to get a little angry in the Spirit, you know what I'm saying? I just challenge you to to ask the question, is, is my faith genuine? Not are you a Christian. I'm not, not asking, that, asking that question. That's not, not, not going there. I'm talking about your walk with God. Because as I said, this is more than just about being heaven-bound. This is every day. Is your faith genuine? Are you living the truth? Genuinely? Are you just playing around? You know? Are you receiving this message that's out there that's hindering your faith? That's making you like uh, kind of like everybody else. Kind of like the people who are just kind of sinking. You know? With the rest of the world of unbelief. And how they live. Or are you passionately following Christ? You may slip in and fall living down there. And you get back up with Christ and keep going and slip in. That may be it, and that's all right. We're going to sin, we're going to mess up. I'm talking about, is your heart right? Just as we've received Christ Jesus as Lord, so follow him, walk in him. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for, uh, for your grace once again, Lord. Lord, we, uh, we just pray, Lord, that you would speak to us as we seek you, God, that our faith may be pure. Lord, that all distractions may be uh, cast out of the way, God. That you give us boldness to walk the path that you, uh, you put in our hearts to walk. That we wouldn't be slowed down by unbelief. That we wouldn't be slowed down by sin, God. That we wouldn't be slowed down by, uh, by naysayers, God. That we would be slowed down by nothing. That we would follow you wholeheartedly and boldly. God, help us to walk out in discipline. Lord, that everything that we do may glorify you, God, that we may live lives of worship. Lord, so that when we sing these songs, they're songs that are, that are real, that are true, that are out of our, our lives of worship. We've been living unto you. We thank you so much, Lord God. We know that by your grace we are changed from glory to glory. That it's by your strength, by your power, that we're able to follow you at all. We thank you so much, Lord God. Magnify your name, Lord. In Jesus' name.